Welcome everyone to episode 53 of Ohio Unsolved. I'm your host Matthew, and welcome back from the unexpected break. First, I hope that everyone had a good Thanksgiving with their families and friends. As for last week, I am still a little under the weather, so I apologize if my voice is a little off, and this episode is going to be a shorter cheat episode with just a few stories from yourghoststories.com. So let's just get right into the episode. Everyone sit back, make sure to lock your doors and windows, and get ready for Ohio Unsolved. Early 2015, I was working in a small rural hospital. The hospital had a wing for regular patients and a wing for prisoners who would be brought in from the prison that was located in town. The hospital prison wing would only be opened and used if there were five or more prisoners admitted. This way, the non-prisoner wing would not fill up with prisoners making the other patients and their families uncomfortable. I worked the night shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and because this hospital was small and rural, there was not people and family members walking around the hospital during the night, as you may see in larger, busier hospitals. Anyways, a lab was located in the hospital that blood samples and the like were taken to. If I had time during my shifts, I would run stuff to the lab during downtime to help out our nurses. There had been times that I had run to the prisoner wing alone to get some supplies or medicine, and the first few times I did, I was super creeped out. There's something about the air and the feeling there that would freak me out. I got the feeling like I was being watched. I would hurry so I could get in and get the hell out as soon as possible. After the first few times of going in there alone, I always made someone come with me. One night, while walking to the lab alone, I passed the prisoner wing entrance, which was dark and empty. You could always feel a creepy feeling in and near there. No big deal, just walk fast and get past it quickly. So on my way back to my unit from the lab, again, I passed by the entrance to the prisoner wing. This time as I passed it, I heard someone whistling a tune in there. I slowed down 
and I did a quick two-second peek through the opening. It was dark and empty. No staff in there. Who would be in there, in the dark? And why were they whistling? I quickly ran back to my unit, and I told a couple of my co-workers who believed me, but hadn't experienced anything themselves there. Fast forward a couple of months. It was during the summertime. While our patient load is decreased significantly to mostly just locals, our unit has 20 beds, but this night, we only had less than half of that many patients. The unit has only one way in and one way out. When you walk into the unit, which has an oval-shaped floor plan, the nurse's station is directly in front of you, and you have patient rooms on your right and left sides. Each side is a hallway with 10 rooms. Going down it and there is another nurse's station in the back. Each room has a glass front, like an ICU room, so you can see inside the room if the curtain is open. Empty rooms have curtains open and most occupied patient rooms have them closed for patient privacy. This night, the patients were placed in the rooms toward the front of the unit, where the entrance is. Most of the staff, the nurses, and CNAs stayed at the nurse's station in the front. One of my CNAs, who was assigned to my patients, ended up sitting in the back nurse's station because she needed a computer to chart on. I went to the back where she was sitting, and I was standing on the outside of the counter so I could face her directly and speak to her while she was sitting in front of me. As I'm standing there, talking to her, I'm looking over her head at the empty patient room behind her. As I'm talking to her, I had to stop, and I'm pretty sure I stopped mid-sentence, and my mouth stayed open. I saw a man, with a patient gown on, walk from one side of an empty room to the other. I saw him, the full apparition, go from one end to the other. I knew that those rooms were all empty. The CNA watching my face started loudly saying, What? What's going on? And she jumped up, thinking that someone was behind her. I told her not so calmly that I saw a man in room 113. I went to tell the other nurses, and they checked to see if a patient had died in that room, and no one had. The beds in all of the rooms are ICU beds and used for ICU and non-ICU patients and we wondered if the bed was one that maybe a patient had died on, but there was no way to check. This was the topic of the night, since it amped us all up. A few hours later, the little old house cleaning lady came into the unit to clean some stuff, and she overheard us talking about the apparition that I saw. She wanted to share her story, and started telling us what she experiences when she cleans the prison wing. She told us that when she cleans in the prison wing by herself, she will hear someone whistling in there. I was like, holy crap, I heard the whistling coming from there just a few months ago. This totally validated my experience. When I first started, there was one particular room that was up by the front nurse's station that would catch my eye. There were times that I would be charting at one of the computers that faced that room 
were walking by that room, and out of the corner of my eye, I would see what looked like a man standing in the doorway. When I would look, he would be gone. You could just see it, like out of the corner of your eye. I told one of the nurses who had worked there for a while, and she told me that a male patient had recently passed away in that room. And our final story also comes from YourGhostStories.com. These events transpired within the last 48 hours of writing this. I'm writing it down quickly so I can preserve the accuracy of what happened. To give you all some context, my cousin from Jersey City came up to Toronto with his girlfriend, his mom, and our aunt. So for me, two aunts, my cousin, and his girlfriend. My cousin and the girlfriend stayed in an Airbnb for their trip, which was three nights and four days. My aunt stayed elsewhere. The house was three minutes away from my place and was in a quiet neighborhood just off of a very busy street near Scarborough Town Center in Toronto. Anyone who knows this area would be familiar with the pre-war and some post-war level plus a basement homes that surrounded the area. Little stone bungalows amid large sprawling parks and greenery. The first night, they invited myself, my boyfriend, my brother, and another cousin over for drinks, games, and to catch up. While they were out grabbing some supplies for the evening, myself and my cousin's girlfriend, as well as my brother, were in the kitchen talking. As I'm standing in the kitchen, out of the corner of my eye, I see a leg of a person, kind of suspended in midair, as if mid-step. My heart started racing as I knew that us three were the only ones in the house at the time. Just as I was about to say, did you guys see that? The overhead light started flickering on and off. My brother and I just looked at each other and started laughing nervously. I don't recall if I said anything about the leg at that time, and I didn't want to scare this girl that had to stay there overnight. It's worth noting that my brother seems to be sensitive to energies. I think, unbeknownst to him. The night passes without further event, and we all depart early in the morning, except for my brother, who left a bit earlier for home. The next morning, I bring them coffee and breakfast, and I hang out with them for a couple of hours. Despite it being hot, bright and sunny day, the house feels cold and dark. It is so oppressing that I can't stand to be in it. I suggest going to sit on the porch, but my cousin and his girlfriend don't want to do this. My eyes keep darting to the hallway between the kitchen and the bedrooms where I saw the apparition of the leg just the night before. Nothing happens per se, but it was just a general feeling of unease and darkness. There were parts of the house that I didn't like, but again, I didn't want to scare them. On the following day, and their final day visiting, they planned to visit the other side of the family, and then come and hang out with me and my boyfriend at our condo in the evening. When they come over, 
they seemed sullen and withdrawn. It was a change from our usual bubbly, light-hearted chatter and laughter. I asked them if they were okay, and they said that they were. They were just tired. I tried hanging out with them, but they were so quiet and not responding to my extremely funny jokes. I finally said, if maybe they were exhausted from all the family time that we all had, the thought of driving back to Jersey in the morning had them more tired, that we can just not hang out tonight and I would see them off tomorrow. That's when my cousin asked me if I had noticed anything wrong with the house. I immediately knew what he meant, but I asked him what was going on. He said that they didn't like the vibe of the home when they drove up. His girlfriend noted the neighborhood was very quiet, not a lot of people walking around. She, spe she specifically noted overgrown lawns that creeped her out. This house didn't have it, but other homes in the neighborhood did. They also said that the house was very dark and seemed angry. They told me that they never fought in their relationship. But every night they were bickering and fighting, leaving more and more tired when they came to visit family. The girl said that she was having a hard time sleeping the previous night and found herself walking around the house in the dark for no reason. They were, they were extremely nervous to spend their final night in the home. My boyfriend and I told them that they were more than welcome to spend the night with us and to leave from here to Jersey. They gratefully accepted, and at around 2.30 a.m., I decided to go and help them pack, and my boyfriend stayed back to pull out the sofa bed and prepare for their stay. We get to the house, and everything felt still, both outside and inside. While they were packing their personal items, I stayed in the kitchen, clearing out the fridge. I didn't feel scared or on edge just ready to help them get away from whatever was causing them so much distress in this house. The girl comes into the kitchen to get some items, and right then I hear a faint scream. I immediately turn to her and I ask if she heard that. She said no, but in my right ear it sounded exactly like a Demogorgon scream from Stranger Things. Demon-like. I am 100% sure of this. I know what I heard, and even though it was faint, I was surprised that no one else heard it. To further explain, it was like a scream from another dimension piercing into ours. Kind of like when you wake up from a dream, but are still hearing things from the dream if that makes sense. We get everything together and lock up the house for the final time. As we're exiting, I'm telling whatever it is there not to follow us, and they are not welcome where we are going. On the way back home, we see a strange animal prancing across the street. It looked to be a shaved deer or something, but at 3 a.m. at that time, it was pretty scary to see. My cousin felt like that was a sign that whatever was bothering them was leaving them alone. I don't know what to think about that, but the imagery was unsettling. We stayed up until 4 a.m. that morning, going through what we all had experienced. The guys come to the conclusion 
that whatever was there didn't like women as it was myself and my cousin's girlfriend that had the most experiences. She mentioned that their first day at the Airbnb, she tried to put in the code to the home so many times, but the door never opened for her. So she gave the code to my brother, who put it in, and the door opened immediately. This further solidified our theory that women were a target to this energy. They left yesterday, and I am so exhausted from everything we did this past weekend, but especially the home. I tried to research the house and the street with no info coming up. At this point, I don't think I would ever know the history of the house, but I am sure that something happened there. It could be anything from a murder or death on the property to simply the house absorbing angry energy from its occupants. I also feel compelled to say that I believe the fear my cousin and his girlfriend experienced was real. He works for law enforcement, and she works in the medical field. Two occupations that entail high stress and life or death situations daily at times. To have them tell me that they did not want to spend another night there made me feel the situation was pretty extreme. I spoke to my brother yesterday, who told me that he felt that something was lurking in the home and watching them from the walls. He said that the reason that he kept leaving early was because he felt something didn't want him there. It was a very intense experience, and if I ever find out more about the home, I will update the story accordingly. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. I am sorry about the length, but I'm still not feeling great, and I've spent most of the last two weeks resting. And I do apologize. Uh, I've noticed that my voice has gotten increasingly worse throughout this story. If you do enjoy the stories, please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating really helps others to find us. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider helping to support the show through Patreon, with monthly bonus episodes being available from the $5 tier and up. Once again, thank you everyone for listening. And make sure to keep those doors and windows locked and stay ready for Ohio Consult.